Hey Bubblies, and welcome to My Streaming Bubble. It's that little old podcast where I talk about the shows that I love with the people I tolerate. I'm your host, Jen, and today Jill the Bestie is back in the pod basement, but not to discuss a best to discuss a bestie flick, or not quite the bestie flick, movie Zola, but instead we're heading headed to Votland. I'm so I can't get through this. <laughs> That's right, we're talking about the third season of The Boys out there on Amazon Prime. It stars Anthony Starr, Carl Urban, Jack Quaid, Karen Fukuhara, Aaron Moriarty, and so many others, including brand new for this season, free from the CW chains, the really, really ridiculously good-looking Jensen Ackles. So, hello, Jill, and welcome to the pod basement. Welcome back. Hello. It's been a while. Um, it has been. Since Zola. Since Zola, Yeah. <laughs> I, that 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 really just put like a thing in our in our friendship because it wasn't quite the best. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, that we was, that both was had good, a though. little bit different expectations for that movie. I think, and I know I was after I watched. I'm like, that's not really a bestie flick. That's <laughs> a whole other level of relationship. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a non relationship. I don't it's know. almost like a kidnapping road trip movie. <laughs> Yes. Yes. It's <laughs> a good way to describe it. <laughs> All right. But we are not here to go on about Zola again. But like I said, season three of The Boys. And so we'll go ahead and get started. So this is your spoiler warning slash brief synopsis of this season. So the IMDb synopsis uh, simply is a group of vigilantes set out to take down corrupt superheroes who abuse their superpowers. And that's the synopsis for the entire series, not just season specific. So my synopsis for this season is just R-rated Jensen. <laughs> I love R-rated Jensen. That was a lot of fun to see, and we will go on more about that. But first, I'm just opening my wine. All right. Johnny Wine. Yes, this is, it's called Nathan John. It's from Door County here in Wisconsin at the Lattenbox Orchard Country Winery. And it's very, very delicious. Not an ad, but it could be. All right. Lot and box. Lot and box. Lot and box. Anyway. So, Joe, what are your... <laughs> we have a lot to get through, so I'm just trying to, like, get there. All right. So, your general thoughts on this season. Um, my general thoughts. I really liked this season a lot. I think that um, the series just keeps getting better and better. The writing is great. It the Like, the gore... Just keeps really shocking me and making me cringe and go, Ugh! you know, like, Ugh! there was a lot. There's always been like butts mm -hmm. in the series or, you know, nudity, I guess. Um, but maybe I was just paying more attention. A lot of, a lot of butts, male butts that were nice to look at. Yeah, I think I, because I know I'm not a butt lady. When I see a nice butt, I, I appreciate the nice butt. We appreciate a nice, well-stocked bread box. So, but I agree. There were, like, a lot of butts. There were, I had a note about that, too, because we've got, we got Huey's butt, Homelander's butt, Jensen's butt. Did we see Carl Urban's butt? Did we see Butcher's butt? Maybe a side view of Butcher's butt? No, I don't think we got Butcher's butt. No. That's unfortunate. That is unfortunate. Because I can't remember Maybe if we've gotten Butcher's Butt before. I feel like we've seen Butcher's Butt in previous seasons. Okay. I'll I'm have to do a I'm very in-depth, <laughs> <laughs> thorough rewatch. 
lots of butts this season. Lots of good gore. God, that opening first like 15 minutes of the first episode. Oh man, that kind of just set the tone for like for me the rest of the season I'm like, okay, so they're starting with basically a miniature soup running towards a enlarge like a penis into the pee pee hole. <laughs> <laughs> this is how the season's starting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah, I was like give me more. <laughs> Maybe not, you know, the penis, but <laughs> Yeah, it was definitely a good way to to start it. It got my attention. That's Mm -hmm. for sure. I cringed so fucking hard. At which part? Oh, I mean, (laughs) fair question. (laughs) At the, uh, at the, like, yeah, the little shrinky soup, that kind of Ant-Man type guy shrink down and jumps in the (laughs) peel. And it's like, he does the cocaine and he gets sneezy. So brilliant idea to do cocaine and then jump inside somebody <laughs> so <laughs> maybe it was his first no it was not his first time doing drugs hard white drugs like that like i was just thinking like giving him the benefit of the doubt like he didn't know like he would get sneezy from it but i feel like he knew he knew yeah yeah um i guess i got a little i cringed and like squeezed my eyes shut um when he he sneezed and the dude exploded because mm-hmm. I did not I didn't see that coming at all <laughs> yeah that was that's like you said it definitely kind of set the set the tone set the stage for this season so they weren't fucking around it's like you're gonna be in for it so all right so we've got all of our characters we're going to try and talk about and hero gasm and just some of the different kind of themes that I picked up on it. But we'll go ahead and we'll start with Butcher and the Boys. And that would be Kimiko, Frenchie, M.M., Huey. And we'll go ahead and throw Starlight in there since she was, by the end of the season, a member of the boys. So, all right, out of the boys, who did you love the most and who made you the most mad? I love Kimiko. It's kind of a tie with Kimiko and Frenchie, and mm-hmm. I love their relationship. Yeah. By the end of the season, you know, episode five, when they just went into a musical number, mm-hmm. I was like, I my heart was so full of joy at that moment, and I'm like, are they going to fall in love? Are they going to do it? And then I'm like thinking, no, it's the boys. Like, something terrible is going to happen. You know, like, similar to when you watch Game of Thrones. Like, don't get attached to the characters. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it turned out where Kimiko's like, you know, you're more than just your family now. Like, you are my family. And, like, so their relationship evolved into, like, they're, like, brother and sister. Like, however you want to view it. But um, I would say Kimiko, too, like, as she really hates her powers. And she feels horrible about the bad things that she's done to people and hurt people and then when she lost her powers when uh soldier boy like zapped her with whatever his power is can we talk about that a little bit too like what does he got like nuclear energy inside of him that just like comes out comes out and then takes away whatever superpowers of soup may have Mm -hmm. um she seemed so like when that happened she seemed like so relieved and like maybe not happy but she she was glad that maybe her life would be a little bit more normal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then coming to terms with that. And then when she figured out her powers were coming back, 
and just like managing managing that and just accepting it well because she chose she chose to get have her powers back because that's when she asked annie to get more vod yeah yeah yep so get more of the or get not get more vod get more v the v yeah the permanent v that's right that's right i just like kind of like how she is now accepting it kind of evolved but she is i don't know she's so badass and the actress that plays her the actor that plays her Oh, I had it in my head earlier. Karen. Karen Fu- Fukuhara. Fukuhara. She's actually um, a karate master. Like a oh, kung- shit. Is it kung fu? She's um, martial arts. Some martial arts. I want to say it was karate. But yeah, she actually knows like martial arts and stuff. Nice. Which I thought was pretty cool. I don't know if it's her doing all of the stunts and all of the things. Maybe if she's got that background. but And then just her and Frenchie, like, together. Like, they play so well off each other. And Frenchie knows how to deal with her ennui and how to deal with her moods. And not moods, but just, like, her general disposition. I just mm-hmm. love – I love both of them. Mm-hmm. And they try to – like, they want to do good. Like, they were even talking about, like, leaving the group and going yeah. – going to France and um, Marseille that's like doing one more job and then going to Marseille and like they had these plans and I don't know I'm rambling but those are my two favorite I love yeah salad um that is the right answer (laughs) (laughs) as far as the one that kind of grated on me the most ah geez I don't know None of them, like, I don't hate any of the boys. Like, I don't dislike them. Huey was kind of being a little annoying with his, like, like macho, like, I got to do something or, like, I got to save Starlight or I have to protect Starlight mm-hmm. or, you know, trying to, like, be the man. or Yep. His, that his ma- fragile masculinity was... Yeah, He's so fragile. And, she, you know, Starlight doesn't need his protection. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he just started doing V because, like, I don't know. He thought that it would help him or help with his help per, with his protecting of Starlight or, the, like, the rest of the crew. So, I mean, I don't, I don't blame him, but it's like... Dude, come on. Mm-hmm. Like, now you're starting to worry about this after how many seasons? I don't know what the timeline line is like, but I don't know. It just seemed a little weird that he was all of a sudden acting like, oh, I got to be the protector and yada, yada, yada. That is also the right answer. <laughs> <laughs> so yes. I uh, I completely agree on uh, Kimiko and Frenchie. They're... Both their storylines were my favorite, and I absolutely loved Kimiko this season. And I really was happy for like Karen to be able to do more with the character mm-hmm. and kind of try and have these like softer moments of her wanting to, you know, like at Votland when <laughs> the Crimson Countess exploded one of the guys and like happened in front of kids and families and everything. She felt responsible for that because she's like, now I've traumatized those kids like I've been traumatized mm-hmm. and, you know, I've ruined their childhood like my childhood was ruined. And so it's it was nice to kind of see these more, quote, human sides of this character that's and, and still have her be a complete fucking badass. Yeah. And 
she got to get all prettied up, like go undercover as like a sex worker and oh stuff. Oh my god. That and... was that was a really great scene. Oh my god. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so she looked so kind of happy to be, you know, like dressed up and prettied up and everything. And so I was really happy for her and then she was horrified by the end, all covered in blood, but total badass. And yeah, by the end of the season, because she's without her powers, and then she feels even more helpless to help her friends. And so then she makes the choice. Kimiko had the choice, and she gets to make a choice with her body. Isn't that nice? (laughs) And she (laughs) accepts that she wants the powers, and she's not a monster. Frenchie helps her through all of that, Mm -hmm. and it's just beautiful. And, yeah, and so when she has to protect Frenchie as he's going chemist Frenchie, uh, in that last episode, and she puts on her music, and she's like, I'm a maniac. Yes. <laughs> there are so many good scenes with her this season. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, I'm glad that they they let her shine more. Um, yeah, she's got, I, in my opinion, she's got some of the best scenes. Like, the fight scene when, you know, Frenchie's making the, the chemical whatever solution. The musical... The mm-hmm. musical scene, the <laughs> killing the the Russian dude with the fucking <laughs> all the different kinds of dildos. Oh my god! <laughs> this, what was it? The home Homelander's Star Spangled Banger, <laughs> <laughs> which then Ashley has in her desk. Yes! Oh my god! <laughs> Can we talk about her for a second? Oh, absolutely. She okay? So okay. So she's not a, one of the boys exactly, but she is one of the characters in the show I highly dislike. Ah. Highly dislike. Like she was kind of like a little mouse, like meek and whatever, you know, in season one, season two, terrified of everything. But now she's just turning into this like she's fake. She's only doing things for her, like just for her, you know, like whatever she is going to benefit herself or, I guess, Vought. 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 <laughs> um, <laughs> I think we've struggled with it, like, every single... Because I know, I remember in the first recording we did, I kept calling it Voight, like John Voight. Oh, and yeah, so yeah. then when I was doing Just the editing... roll off the tongue very easy. You gotta, I have Ugh. to think about it. Vought. 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 Caught. Bought. Lot. Teapot. <laughs> nope. <laughs> but I just feel like she's turning into like a terrible person. Like she's turned into a terrible person this season. And granted, she's under a lot of stress and yada yada yada. And she's gotta deal with fucking psychotic homelander and all the other like soups that are off their rocker. But she chose. To stay. Mm-hmm. She chose to be whatever her position is called. Yeah, um, she's the new, what was it, Madeline? Yeah, she's kind of yeah. like the new Madeline. Yep. Um, but I just, like, girl, you got to get your, you got to really examine your life and get your priorities straight because mm-hmm. what you're doing now is not really good for yourself. It's just going to come back to bite you in the end. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways. Yeah, with the only thing that saved Ashley from me completely hating her this season, because, I I mean, I understand, 
you know, where she's at and her position and everything. But like you said, she made the choice to stay and start becoming like the little corporate PR puppet, whatever con- person in control uh, for uh, for that for Vaught or whatever. Like, yeah, to become the new Madeline, she's got to be tough and shit. And I get that. And that sucks. And she had that moment where she almost broke when she was talking to Starlight. And Starlight's like, you need to tell me where Maeve is. Everything is fucked. Homelander's dangerous. And you could see it in her face. She really wanted to. But out of fear, she didn't. Mm -hmm. But by the end of the season, when they saw the footage of the boys saving Maeve, and that Maeve had actually lived, and she deleted it. I was like, all right. Yeah. You're not complete garbage human that is the one saving thing yeah one that, thing saving you that kind of redeemed her in my opinion too but it took that long like mm-hmm. i don't know she but had then, other opportunities but then when, when homelander was like take off that wig oh god she has like no hair that's when i think you kind of get that full picture of just how much stress she's under and that she isn't really equipped to be Madeline, be the new Madeline. She's not, she's not tough enough. And so she definitely puts on that like facade. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And, and she has a new kink of hair pulling. Yeah. So that was my other thing. Like, so (laughs) is her, is she losing her hair because she's pulling it out for sexual pleasure or, and maybe because of stress too. Like maybe it's both. Maybe it's both. Maybe it's a way to relieve the stress, but then also kind of feed into that coping mechanism. I'm not sure. Yeah. But ooh, she lost a lot of hair. <laughs> She's got a great wig. Yeah, she does. <laughs> good money. Bot's <laughs> paying her very well because she got a good ass wig. Back to kind of Kimiko and Frenchie because I love them so much. I love that they are more friends and not didn't go down that kind of romantic path. Same. And I feel like, yeah, they're family and they care. Like, it, it's almost like the love that they have for each other surpasses, like, a romantic love. And and I love that. <laughs> I agree. So I was very happy with how all of that played out. Kimiko's still a badass, even when she didn't have her powers and she was fighting to save Frenchie. And we get a little bit of Sherry. And Sherry had a nice little moment of kind of being a badass and and fighting back, doing her best. So I was like, oh, Sherry. Sherry. Not just sitting there waiting to be saved, but seeing an opportunity and then taking it to try and save yourself and help the people that are saving you. So, And then, yeah, Huey was... Very kind of disappointing this season with his whole, like, yeah, I need to save Starlight. And Starlight straight up, she's like, I don't need you to save me. I just need you. And that wasn't enough for him. So he goes down the temp V path and follows Butcher and getting cozy. <laughs> yeah, I just need to prop my leg up a little bit. Okay. Um. <laughs> I, everyone needs to be comfortable in the pod basement, so whatever it takes. <laughs> so, but yeah, Huey was was the most kind of disappointing. I felt he had a lot of like that fragile masculinity coming into play, which then was kind of turning into toxic mas- masculinity, because it felt like there was a whole lot of that running around this season. Well, you know, and he's got, typically he has a pretty good head on his shoulders, and for him to make the decision that I'm going to, I'm going to start trying this temp v excuse me see what happens and then 
he was clearly enjoying it. Like, oh, yeah. Even after the first shot of it. And I can't remember where Kimiko's they were. bleeding out in the backseat of the car, and he's got his head out the window like, wee! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he's clearly enjoying it, which, you know, that's what drugs are meant to do is make you... <laughs> <laughs> make you happy and stick your head out the window like a goddamn dog but um yeah i was just like come on huey you're better than this like mm-hmm. hey butcher he's just a wild card i can totally it doesn't surprise me that he tried the tempe because he is just on a revenge driven streak like he's mm-hmm. just he's revenge driven he's gonna do what it takes to get these people that hurt him hurt his wife hurt Rebecca's son. I also kind of got a little sense from Butcher of like suicide mission. Yes, you know? me too. Like he he just at at some point during the season he stopped giving a shit and like he lashed out at Ryan, which I don't like that kid. <laughs> but at the same time, that was really really mean, and I kind of don't blame the way Ryan kind of turned to Homelander by the end of the season. But Butcher just kind of seemed to not give a fuck, right? Because he didn't care if he was burning bridges with his with Ryan, even with, like, M.M., mm-hmm. you know, because I think you're onto something where he wasn't coming back. Yeah. So, fuck it. You know, he's just going to do and say what he pleases. I think some of it, too, was, you know, the effects of the temp fee wearing off. That also happens when people come off drugs. They mm-hmm. get very moody and irrit- irritable. Um, but yeah, I think there's something to like, he's just on a suicide mission. Yeah. It's all or nothing. He's so intent on getting Homelander that yeah, it's literally like whatever it takes, as mm-hmm. they say throughout the whole season. So yeah, when, when Butcher was mean to Ryan, I was just like, I was like, oh, this is not be, not going to be a good season for Butcher if he's already lashing out. But I will hand it to Carl Urban because in that scene... You see the hurt and regret. Like, there's a lot of really good, like, facial acting in this season. Absolutely. Anthony Starr, holy shit. In that scene where it's just him talking to himself, like, completely losing it, amazing. Jensen, and he's got small little, like, um, like twitches and stuff to convey emotions or whatever. Amazing. And same thing, yeah. When Butcher was mean to Ryan, you you could see all of that, like, he, he regretted it. He didn't like that he hurt the kid. He felt bad, but he was kind of doing that macho thing of like, I need to push everyone I care about away to save them. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right there. Very mis- um, a misguided attempt. So mm-hmm. like, don't care. Don't care about me mm-hmm. because I don't want you to be hurt in the end if I'm not here anymore. Yep. Yeah. That's And I mean, too, like with his whole upbringing and his background with his father, I think that's like his one of his go to emotions. Like mm-hmm. that's all he knows is lashing out. Yeah. Yeah. Know? Yeah. And there was a lot of what seemed like like daddy issues and like generational like kind of that generational cycle of trauma mm-hmm. and the only one that was like trying to break free of that in his own way still a bit misguided was mm because he didn't want janine to see any of that he didn't want you know he didn't want to swear in front of her get violent or let her know about the family's past and all of that but it still wasn't quote like the right way to handle it 
because him trying to hide all that shit from Janine just put that much more, I think, stress and pressure on him. Yeah. Especially dealing with the um, kind of PTSD he had every time he saw Soldier Boy. And so I was really happy that by the end of it, MM kind of came around and sat down with Janine and was like, I was trying to hide, trying to keep all this from you, but, you know, it's kind of better that you know type thing and sat down and explained it all to her. Mm -hmm. So I was like, finally, someone's doing it right and breaking the cycle, you know? Right. Um, Because, yeah, Butcher, you know, with, with the flashbacks, when he got stuck in his own head from that one other soup, he's... We, we see all these, the, the parallels and everything from the piece of shit that his dad was and all the horrible things his dad said to him. And then as Butcher gets older in these flashbacks and then lashing out at his little brother and saying these same things and uh, cutting it back and forth, which is past scenes from the boys of him beating some beating the shit out of somebody or something. So I was like, oh, very well done. But yeah, he is clearly doing the same exact thing. Yeah, and then... <clears throat> Similar with, like, Soldier Boy and his father. Mm-hmm. And do you think that he really is the father of um, Homelander? I do. I think he is. He is the father. <laughs> that was such a fun Maury moment when we were watching it. Um, I do. I could see it totally being, like, yeah, just like a sperm donor, more or less a sperm okay. donor type thing. But it could be any of the... Like the volunteers that went into that vault program, <laughs> did I say it right? You did. You did. It's um, so good. You that did. soldier boy was talking about. Yeah. Like, you know, he joined or joined the program, whatever, to like try to please his father, make his father proud. So it could have been any one of those people that, I mean, he. I'm sure he wasn't the only person. No. But. But I think because, especially at that time, Soldier Boy was the strongest. Mm -hmm. He was the Homelander of yeah, yeah. of his time. So yeah. I could see Vought totally being like, nope, we're taking our biggest, baddest, strongest, and try and make a, yeah. a test tube baby from that. Mm -hmm. So, Oh, and then with the Temp V real quick, because Huey gets um, teleportation powers, yeah. <laughs> and he loses all his clothes. So that's Which how we is get... funny to me. Like, you teleport, but yet you have to lose all your clothes. And it's like, and I like that if he teleports anybody else, they lose their clothes too. <laughs> it's just so funny to me. I think that was the other butt we got was that um, mind guy's butt. Oh, after... yeah. So... Mind, mind flayer? No, not. I'm thinking of Stranger <laughs> Things. Um I can't remember. I want to say Mesmer, but that that was like season one Haley Joel Osmond's character, wasn't it? It was someone else. Either way. But we saw that guy's butt. <laughs> that was one butt that I was like, meh. Could have done without. Yeah. More yeah. Jensen butt would be great. <laughs> he's so hot. Oh my God, he's so fucking hot. And... Uh, just seeing him play, like, being able to be a little bit, like, swearing. Oh, yeah. A little bit more free, you know, out of the confines of, like, PG. Mm-hmm. Um, Television. T TV land, like, regular TV land. Um, so before we get on to the soups, because, yeah, I definitely want to talk about Soldier Boy, but what Soldier about Boy. Starlight this season? 
Um, what about her? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. So she and that's it for Starlight. No. <laughs> so uh, Stan Edgar assigned her to be co-captain with Homelander, which I fucking loved. And I feel like she's also a badass. I think she's learning how to be more of a badass. Let's put it that way, because she has to. Mm-hmm. Um, going up against Homelander and just him being a fucking psychotic. And her decision to leave Vought, um, I was a little surprised. I didn't see that coming, you know, when mm-hmm. she had posted it on her social media uh, that she was leaving and then doing her updates of all uh, just, like, the shitty stuff that Homelander was doing or is doing and, like, what's going on, on with Vought. And then Maeve is missing mm-hmm. and, like, what the fuck? And then, you know, like, she getting that out there and then... You know, like the LBGTQ community coming together and putting pressure on Vought to <laughs> – sorry, I have to like <laughs> mentally prepare myself to say that word because it's – I struggle. I'm struggling with it. Um, yeah, putting pressure on Vought to find Maeve or – you know, mm-hmm. nobody knows besides yeah. Homelander and I think Ashley. Yep. And I think the deep new. Ugh, fucking guy. Fucking guy. <laughs> Ugh, he's just, ugh, I just hate him so much. Mm-hmm. Um, where was I going with this? Starlight and yeah. her, like, save Maeve kind of. But she, yeah, movement. she's, she's definitely being smart about it, you know, using, using the tools and resources that she has besides just using her powers mm-hmm. to kind of even the playing field against him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I like her. Yeah. I like her character, and she wants to just do good, yeah. you know? That's why she joined the Seven. She thought she was going to be doing good, mm-hmm. um, not joining people that are just in it for themselves and being terrible people. Yep. I I was pretty impressed with Starlight this season, and I agree. She's, oh, she's just that forever Midwest nice. Yes. She's Midwest <laughs> nice until Midwest is done being nice, and then we're really not that nice. <laughs> But yeah, I loved the way she quit in the most epic fucking way in calling everybody out and on her live Instagram or, yeah, live social media. And I was really, I liked that, so they all want the same thing, you know, everyone and the boys. They want Homelander out and Vought kind of called out for their bullshit. And, you know, Huey's reached the point where he tried to do it the right way, and now he's back to do it, or quote the right way, by teaming up with Victoria Newman and starting their little um, division of government or whatever to monitor all the soups and yeah. stuff. So he wasn't covered in so much guts. And then he's covered in guts by the end of the first episode, which is classic. Um, and that didn't work. Because the corruption is so high, and so now Huey's going to do it Butcher's way, but Starlight's still very much like, no, I am I will not cross lines. Like, she's got standards. You know, for Butcher, he has no lines. For what he's got to do, he says there can't be any lines, because M.M. was like, something like, you need to draw lines to kind of know where you stand, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that Starlight isn't willing to sacrifice any kind of integrity to get what she wants. And I was like, fuck yeah, go Starlight. It's an interesting conundrum, though. Like, you know, 
holding to your values and holding to what your what you think your truth is or um like just drawing a hard line in the sand when you're dealing with people that have no lines that have no integrity that have no moral compass like in order to I don't know like in this in this instance or in this show like in order to like battle them or succeed and like doing good it's almost like you have to cross those lines but yeah give it to starlight and she you know she has a backbone and she sticks to it she knows what is true Mm -hmm. even though maybe it might take longer or it's harder um yeah so she's a, she's a hero that isn't willing to cut the corners. And isn't that really kind of like the the difference between the heroes and the villains is that the heroes have that line. And as hard as it is, they will not cross over it. Whereas, yeah, the villains don't give a shit. So that's always the struggle to remain the heroes and the goodies is still taking out the baddies without becoming a baddie. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting that you bring up butcher because butcher has no lines but in my mind i think he's one of the good guys Mm -hmm. but he's necessarily if we're taking those standards and applying it to the characters he's not right because he has no lines there's nothing holding him back from doing something bad or immoral um so he's almost more along the lines of like your vigilante types that mm -hmm. their main goal is to get the baddies off the streets but, like, they have no lines. Like, they're a Dexter. They might <laughs> follow a, a similar code, like, similar code, similar path. But they're doing it for the end game or the end result of helping humanity. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. But by the end of it, Huey comes around and it's, you know, everyone's, not everyone, but Huey, M.M., Frenchie, Kimiko... They are Team Starlight, where they don't want to, you know, they're not going to kill Soldier Boy or Homelander, but, you know, they still need to, like, contain Soldier Boy and, like, capture him or whatever and give him that drug to knock him out. Whereas we see Maeve, she escapes, because with the whole Save Maeve movement thing, it gave her the opportunity to break out, and then she meets up with Butcher and everybody, and she's on... Butcher's side to go out and be mm-hmm. like any whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. I think she was also a little bit on a suicide mission. I think she's got heavy, heavy guilt from the flight mm-hmm. incident um, and not doing like the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she too, it seemed like, was a little bit like just some of the things that she said. That I can't think of off the top of my head right now, but she also, I think, was like, you know what, I've, I've done some bad, I feel terrible about it, I kind of don't deserve to live. And then, you know, taking that and just, her mission was to get rid of Homelander mm-hmm. and whatever it takes. Yeah. I was, I, okay, so her and Butcher hooked up. Uh-huh. To the Kinks. The Kinks was playing in the background or, you know, over that. And I just, I love any show that plays the Kinks. Yes, I, I know you do. <laughs> but I was a little disappointed. I'm like, really? Like, come on. Who are you disappointed in, Maeve? Just like they 
like that was written into the yeah the episode. I'm like, oh, come on, <laughs> I don't know. Have they have they hooked up before? Mm-mm. Okay, well maybe just yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe it was just more of a, a release session for them yeah. instead of doing yoga or something or meditating. <laughs> doing yoga, they're gonna bang. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of a a surprise. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I I could have definitely used more Maeve this season. Yeah. Um, and I liked that, oh, she gave Homelander an ass whooping. Oh, that was good to see. She made him bleed. Mm-hmm. And she called him out on being afraid and everything. So I loved that she was ready to stand up to him and be like, I'm not afraid of you anymore. And maybe a little bit like, fuck it, who cares at this point? Like, I just want to take you out. Yeah. And then... Uh, I love the part when he, Homelander went to visit her in that cell that she was in. Mm-hmm. And she's, like, looking at him. She's like, wait a minute. Is that, like, cover-up on your face? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and not seeing through his bullshit in that right. scene either. And so kind of by the end of it, just being like, well, you know, it's still one of the top three best days of my life because I saw you afraid. Mm-hmm. So I I love that and I'm glad that Maeve survived and they didn't she didn't her character didn't actually die in the Soldier Boy explosion and I get that okay so she runs and jumps out the window holding on to Soldier Boy because otherwise he would have exploded and everyone up there would have died but I feel like they caused more damage when he's exploding <laughs> mid air and the buildings around it like start to shatter and break and i'm like so you guys get to live but folks on those 40 floors or whatever are kind of fucked huh it's kind of like you know you know half a dozen in one six in the other it's like either way there's going to be collateral damage Mm -hmm. i get like the whole flying out the window thinking like this is going to minimize the damage um versus being in the building and I feel like I feel like there I feel like the building would have collapsed yeah versus like the windows being blown out and parts of it mm-hmm. destroyed um yeah I don't know like it's kind of one of those things like which one is the better one none of them yeah yeah <laughs> so save your friends <laughs> save your immediate friends but she survived and she lost her powers and she that's what she was kind of, she was done being a soup she didn't yeah. want to be brave mave anymore and all that corporate vot bullshit yeah and so she got to be with her love and then they skip off go to a farm or something they were talking about yeah. right yeah just any place where homelander wouldn't be able to find them so i was i was very happy that they didn't go all like the barrier gaze trope and and Maeve lived so it was like yay good job all right (laughs) good job so let's see since we're on the soups because we just got done with Maeve we've got Homelander Black Noir the deep let's just he's fucking gross and every time he was on screen I was like and then he fucks an octopus but not after not before being forced to eat an octopus oh god that That was was so gross that was so hard to watch I was gagging so fucking hard but I was also like laughing and horrified it was just this whole mix of emotions and the I know it's like CGI octopus 
but the poor thing's little face, like staring. I'm like, please don't eat me. It was it's just not like, a family. oh my god. I was like, <laughs> I felt way too much for that little CGI'd octopus. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! And then yeah, when he bit down and like the oh, oh the noises and the it was. Yeah, the squelching. The squelching, all the wet squelching. <laughs> God, that was a terrible scene. That was that, quite possibly maybe the worst of the season. God. <laughs> so he's gross. He kills the prospective vice president because Homelander tells him to in order to put Victoria Newman in the spot for, um, for Bobby v- Bob Singer's vice president. VP, right? Mm-hmm. Running mate. Yeah. Which I'm still kind of okay, so with her she's also corrupt. But with her being in the vice president role, how is that going to help Homelander? So they are kind of working they made yeah, because they made that deal or whatever in the barn. After she musts him <laughs> trying to get freaky on a bucket okay. of milk. Yeah. Skip breakfast. <laughs> and he's like, it was sick. I was just trying to help it. <laughs> you, okay. Yeah, I don't completely understand what their working relationship is. But maybe, maybe like to put her in a position to get, to fulfill her agenda, whatever that might be. But allowing... Homelander a little bit more freedom that like Edgar wasn't allowing and kind mm. of loosening those chains a little bit. Maybe. I I really Yeah. Yeah, because even during the rewatch I still didn't completely understand, but it was it's I think bottom line is it was still for her own personal gain somehow. Well, maybe it has something to do with like getting the soups in the military still. Cause that oh, that yeah. was still kind of like they talked about it, but it was very brief. Um I think it was Stan Edgar talking with that. Yep. Bob. The guy, whoever's running for, like, yep. president this season. Um, so maybe it had something to do with that. And, like, she would have, you know, she would be in Bob's ear mm-hmm. about it. I don't know. Yeah. No, that could be it. So we'll see. Okay. I, were you surprised that um, Victoria Newman, what, like, Stan Edgar what, is her father or father figure? That was a surprise. Were you surprised? I was surprised as well. Yeah. And I was like, oh, now it's clicking. Like, mm-hmm. And then for her, so then for her to turn on him, she's clearly yeah. benefiting big time from it. Because I think at first it was she wanted V for her daughter. And mm-hmm. other than... It, and that's the other thing I don't understand. Why does she want to make her daughter, or why does she want to give her daughter V? I think it's protection. I think that's really all it boils down to is because it, because, because she's Victoria knows she's getting into business with some dirty motherfuckers Mm -hmm. and she's not always going to be there to maybe protect her daughter if things go sideways. So by giving her daughter powers, at least gives her daughter the ability to kind of fend for herself for a bit, at least to maybe get away. That was the only thing because I don't think like her daughter was sick. Yeah. Where the Vought would have helped with healing, rapid healing or anything like and that. And it didn't seem like the daughter had superpowers. Like, I didn't mm-hmm. get that just from it either. And maybe Victoria's just like, like you said, I'm going down this path where I'm dealing with really dirty, corrupt people. Who knows what's going to happen to me? 
yeah, let's yeah. try to give you some protection. I don't know. But I guess we could have, we should have really seen, like, you know, I mean, Victoria wasn't just wholly good ever, you know. She kind of dances that line. Mm-hmm. So in that first episode, when someone Like from a her, politician. Yep. So when that person from her past comes back in the first episode and kind of confronts her, and then she blows him to bits. And it kind of was like, she didn't, it's like she didn't want to do it. And she did it because he came looking for her. And that put everything that she was doing at risk. Mm-hmm. Well, he knew that she had soup powers. Mm-hmm. But he also mentioned something about at that home that had happened. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? He mentioned something like, do you remember, don't forget whatever the name of that home was. It was like Red River or something. And I think that was like the like the little orphanage for the super abled kids that Huey yeah. ended up going to. But he that. said something like, don't forget what happened there. Yeah. So like what happened there? Well, because we did get a quick shot of like file photos and, and pictures and stuff that can't remember who had gotten them. But it showed exploded bodies, so maybe it was something where she wasn't able to control her powers yet, and, and she accidentally that... killed a bunch of people, yeah. and then Edgar, yeah, that was, because I did write that down, and then I forgot what the name of, like, the orphanage place was, but that Huey visited, and then he tells Starlight that he went there without her, and he's like, yeah, I think we're, we're adopting a kid. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so let's see. Now we've got left um, Black Noir, A-Train, Homelander. Which one do you want to do first? Let's talk about Black Noir. Yes. So we got more of his backstory this this season. Um, it explains why he, al- why he doesn't talk, mm-hmm. why he always wears that helmet. The reason that at first he... Basically because of racism. Um, mm-hmm. And then, like, what happened in Nicaragua. His face got blown to bits. And the backstory with him and Soldier Boy and Payback. So. And then seeing the little cartoon characters. He's got his, like, little hideout that he goes yeah. to. Yeah. So he's he might be losing his mind, too, in a different way. Oh, I um, think, I think it's, like, it. yeah. trauma-induced mm-hmm. trying to deal with it. Yeah, I was I I'm glad I got to see his backstory. It, it kind of just explains the mystique behind him, the mysteriousness behind him and it's not really mysterious. It's just like there's a bunch of shit that happened to him. Um yep. So he's just trying to per, you know, whatever, protect himself. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have any feelings here or there about him. I guess I never like he's he's fine, you know. He's <laughs> He's fine. I'm glad that I got to know more of his story this year. But and I'm also sad that he, um, you know, that he is gone. Like that was sad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was sad. It was, and those like cartoon. little cartoony characters, and yeah, like he was on a mission. He got into the vault tower, and with his little cartoon buddies, like beside him, and they're. Mm-hmm. You know, marching <laughs> like we're gonna do this, and then yeah, yeah. I was. I agree. I'm glad we got more Black Noir because because I don't think we really talked about him in the first two seasons because there really wasn't, there wasn't much much. Like mm-hmm. he was, you know, like mysterious and deadly and just badass, and you're like, kind of, whoa, who is this guy? And then this season, they pulled the veil back, they lifted the mask, and you're just like, 
oh, this guy got like fucked up, got fucked up. So, and then it was said that we got more black noir only to lose black noir. Yeah. So I was kind of like, really, that sucks. But I, I loved the whole like Nicar 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 that country's Nicaragua. Yep. <laughs> why I can't say it. Uh, I, I loved that whole scene and everything. And then we see a little bit more of, you know, like more of like the payback, the soup group at the time through Noir's cartoon hallucinations and that how it was all set up by Black Noir and Edgar to take out Soldier Boy and how that didn't really go according to plan mm -hmm. and Black Noir got... Soldier Boy super fucked him up, like bashed his shield in his head and gave him that big gash, like ran his face against some burning stuff. Oh, you're just like, damn. And then and then that he knew about Soldier Boy and then never told Homelander and Homelander feeling having that kind of feeling of being betrayed and thus taking out Black Noir because he's like, you should have told me. I didn't see that coming either. Yeah. So. I've. It seemed like Homelander felt bad for a split second about having to kill Black Noir. It did seem a little bit like that, like he was having some human feelings about it, um, for a hot second. Mm -hmm. For and a then, hot second, you know, got over it pretty quickly. But oh yeah, yeah. Um, you know what's funny? Well, it's not funny, but so you see Black Noir's version of Nicaragua and what happened there. But then Mallory also talks about it and mm -hmm. you see her version of it um and how shit went down as well. I just it that just popped in my head because I watched that episode again today. Mm -hmm. Um and the other thing that it kind of parallels like I'm not a history buff or anything like that, but it does kind of parallel the Iran Contra affair that was happening mm. In, that happened in the United States in the early 80s where, um, like, the United States sold weapons to, like, a rebel group down there. And um, part of it was, like, the they were buying the drugs in it and, like, bringing them into the United States. And mm -hmm. those, it was crack. Um, those, you know, uh, the, the crack was being distributed or sold. Or whatever to, um, like inner city mm -hmm. minority mm -hmm. groups, things like that. So yep. it, it kind of follows along that whole storyline, yeah. which I thought was pretty interesting. There's a lot of that this season. I oh feel yeah, like. a lot of parallels and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because when Mallory was uh, talking about that and what they were kind of doing and then selling the drugs in the lower income neighborhoods and stuff, I think I turned to Tim and I was like. Pfft. Eh, it tracks. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I I loved all of that. And I have to say the actor that played young Edgar and the actress that played young Mallory were definitely like, I think, my standouts in for those flashback scenes. Oh, because they did an amazing job mimicking mm -hmm. grown up Edgar and grown up Mallory and what those two actors brought to those characters. So I was super fucking impressed with them yeah, from definitely agree. just the mannerisms, their speech patterns. Young Edgar was, I was like, they went back in time and got young Giancarlo, uh, or that's not, nope, I fucked up his name. I'm sorry, I don't have it in yeah, front of me. Yeah, it's Gian, Giancarlo Esposito. Okay. 
Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have it in front of me. I don't know. Um, But yeah, it just seemed like they went back in time, got a young him, and was just like, here, wear this scarf and be this baddie. Yeah. The mannerisms were on par. So, and then, and then, yeah, we see that... We see young the young payback group with the Crimson Countess, the Dynamite Twins, Gunpowder, some fly guy. Swato. Swato. What a <laughs> dumb name. I know. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was kind of funny, too. And he's the reason that, like, they started getting blown up by the, the Russians or whatever because mm-hmm. he was flying in the air like a dumbass when Stan told him and Mallory, like, don't fucking fly, dude, because we don't want to draw attention to ourselves. And yep. then what does the shithead do? Yep. They he could be a very nice person. But my... Still an idiot. He's an idiot. Yeah. And, yeah. Got himself blowed up. All right. So let's see. We'll hit up A-Train real quick, and then we'll get to Homelander and then Soldier Boy. So A-Train... <laughs> I did not see A-Train being a little snitchy bitch this season. Oh, right? So I, I kind of felt, and I'm, I am happy to see that he did take responsibility and actually did apologize to Huey when Huey demanded an apology. But it's just like Ashley said to A-Train. is like, after you did all these shitty things mm-hmm. and killed all these people, now you give a shit because it's happened to you. And kind of like, that's fucked up. And I think that really sunk in with A-Train and then especially after his brother gets hurt his perspective on things is completely shifted and he lost his couldn't really do his speed running anymore so I kind of feel bad for all of I kind of get that and I'm glad to see that at least one of these other soups is showing some growth <laughs> evolving in a like a pot more positive way yeah 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 I, that's a really good call out but everything up until that point, it was just kind of like, dude, what the fuck? Yeah. Your rebranding is cringy as hell. Yeah. His idea for the video game, actually being like, is that a game about the slave train? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> like, dude. Dude, come on. <laughs> like, do you, do you not, do you have blinders on? Like, mm-hmm. do you not see what's happening? And just endorsing anything and everything, like, the menthol cigarettes, mm-hmm. the, um, oh God, the... The commercial. Oh yes, the commercial where he's like, "What's what's going on?" Oh, Oh, they're you know they're perfectly skewed. They're marching for the Pepsi commercial with the one Kardashian. It was, I watched like a side by side, what side by side video of like the actual commercial they were making fun of, and then the boys version. Perfect. It's like it's like a ballet. (laughs) I'll have to watch it if you after so you can bring it up. I'm curious to see. Oh yeah, it it's they did a really good job. This whole season they do a really good job at kind of poking at all these social issues, the good, the bad, and the people that have come up from all of that and everything. So I really appreciated that about yeah. this season. Yeah, me too. It's just it's fun to watch and then it's also like they get it, like you know, mm-hmm. and it's like you said with the writing, it's done so fucking well that it, it's just it's perfect for what they're all like kind of poking fun at. But yeah, so that's basically a train. That's kind of all I really have to say about him. But figure we should probably include him. Um, <laughs> I mean, everything that you said, I agree with. There's nothing that really stood out to me this season about him besides just like. The blatant um, 
whoring himself for any sort of merchandise. Mm-hmm. What a, you know, just, I don't know, not really having, like, any scruples as far as... Dignity, decency. Yeah, you know, just, what am I trying to say? I don't know. I don't know. But maybe we'll see a shift, we'll continue to see a shift in his character next season because his brother hates him, his brother survived, but right now his brother wants nothing to do mm-hmm. with him. Mm-hmm. And he almost looked annoyed when when he woke up and Ashley was like, oh yeah, you get to run again and we're going to do all these things and you're going to you know do these movies and we're going to do this documentary and yada yada. And it's like... I get that he's mad that he now has Blue Hawk's heart because that dude was a piece of shit and for them to just go up and do that. So I think maybe that might play a big part into a a shift of his character for next season. Can we back up for a second on that? So Adrian killed killed Blue Hawk. Yes. But when Ashley came in to the hospital room, she spun the story where Adrian was trying to save him. Mm Mm-hmm. So, do you think he doesn't have any memory of him killing Blue Hawk? No, it's just how Vought is going to spin it. How they're going to spin it. Yep. But he knows yeah. in his heart that he, like, he, yeah, mm-hmm. okay. It's like she, I it's almost like, sure. yeah, it's almost like she's been kind of waiting for him to wake up so she could tell him right away before he gets a chance to mm-hmm. say anything else that this is how we're spinning it. Yep. And that makes sense. Because then it's like, yeah, now it's like, oh, now you saved this guy who you were called out as a racist and, you know, murdering black folks and stuff. So I could see that also not sitting well with him with some of these changes that small changes that we've seen in his character in the last half of the season. So Mm -hmm. we'll see. I don't know. I think I'd be... There's promise. Like, yeah. there's little glimpses of promise with A-Train. I think maybe he's starting to realize some... Yeah. ...the things outside of himself. But, he, again, he's also a soup. Yeah. And... I'm more willing to forgive A-Train than the Deep. Because at least, like I said, A-Train is showing that at least there's signs of wanting to change and do better and not be that same kind of piece of shit as before. And I think when Ashley had that, like come to truth talk with him like mm-hmm. oh you care now because it's affecting you again he's also a very good like facial mm-hmm. showing the emotion on the face yeah um you could see that light bulbs were going off and what she was saying was sinking in and making sense and taking that to heart and not just like being dismissive mm-hmm. of what she's saying yep so there's there's potential there all right. Would you like to take a little break yeah. before we do the Homelanders? Okay. Are we not talking about the deep? We kind of talked about I the deep. I don't want to talk about the deep. We just said that he fucked an octopus. <laughs> he ate an octopus. He's he's fake. He is gross. Ugh. He's, his, like, he's a frat boy. And his marriage. Oh, my God. Cassandra was spooky as fuck. I did not like her at all. She seemed a little like off her rocker. Maybe she, mm-hmm. you know, like the cult, yeah, personality, kind of like a little, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I uh, no, not a fan. That's all the time we need to spend on the team. <laughs> it was kind of satisfying to watch her though leave him. Where oh she's yeah, like, I spent the last year of my life 
working on you, helping you. You think you did this on your own? Like, she really, yeah. It was Mm -hmm. very highly enjoyable to watch her put him down a peg. Yeah. Yeah, that was was fun to watch. And it's like, oh, God, after he's like, oh, I need to talk to you about something and trying something new. I was like, oh, I guess, Cassandra, you slightly better than I am in the sense that at least you tried because I would have been out that fucking door so fast. Oh, that was also a really cringy, hard scene to watch. Ryan and I were watching that together, and he's like, (laughs) wait, he's bringing the – wait, what? (laughs) Like, we were both like, I'm like, I don't know if I can watch this. (laughs) It was bad. It was bad. Good Johnny Wine. Love that Johnny Wine. All right. Okay, so the best and the the best of the baddies. Homelander. He went and lost his goddamn mind this season. (laughs) He is like off the rails, megalomaniac, and making it very public. Yeah. Like at his birthday, you know, the speech that he gave. (laughs) Oh man. Oh, my God. When he goes to try, it was like his birthday save or whatever. The young girl that was like going to jump off the building. Oh, yeah. That's when he first was like, you know what? Fuck it. And then, um, and then, yeah, at the whole like celebration thing on TV and then he loses it and does his little (laughs) poor me or like, oh, no, not a poor me, but like, fuck you. I'm better than you speech kind of thing. Yeah, that I, I mean, it doesn't surprise me. Um, I didn't see it coming, but it doesn't surprise me that it, it went in that direction. Yeah, he's he's very he doesn't he also does not give a shit anymore. Mm-mm. He's definitely got the the power mentality. Doesn't care who gets in his way or tries to get into his in his way. I don't even think that with Starlight being a co captain, like I don't think that even phases him. He doesn't Mm-mm. care. He's gonna do what he wants. And now that Stan Edgar's out of the way, uh, he's plotting and, you know, trying to uh, make that path for him to even get more power. Mm-hmm. You know, with um, him recruiting the Deep to kill that vice president. Yeah, he's just, he's the worst. He is, he is a very good villain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he, he didn't, he doesn't fucking care anymore, especially after... Stormfront bites off her own tongue and <laughs> dies. And I was like, is that really how Stormfront's going to go out? Like, not that I expect really anything else, but I'm like, an off-camera death in any show shouldn't be trusted. Oh. So, but I don't know what Vought would have gained from faking her death. Hmm. So that's why I'm like... That is a good point. So that's why right now I'm like, okay, fine. Stormfront's dead. Because I don't see what the reason would be for Vought to keep her alive. But who knows? But yeah, she... <laughs> oh my god. So when we find out that Stormfront's still alive and she's just like a chunk of burnt human on a bed, but she still has one good hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was disturbing too. It's like, oh, really? And I found it interesting that, like, while she's still kind of preaching her, like, Nazism and whatever and making, like, the Aryan race, like, Homelander, that's Homelander's line. Like, he doesn't like the word Nazi, and that's not his goal, 
But he has no problem benefiting off that kind of route. You know what I mean? Like, she's like, yeah, we'll raise, you know, beautiful Nazi children. And he's just like, no. He's like, that's not what I'm talking about. But that's who his base seems to be. Yeah, they've definitely migrated towards that. Like, well, the the Stormfront base, I feel like, has now and and like embraced Homelander and mm-hmm. all Homelander's crazy spewings and doings. And now that Stormfront is gone, now they're they're focused on Homelander, and uh, that's his base. Mm-hmm. Are the the far right wingers the proud boys the the megas and the whatnot so i also thought it was really funny that this season some of the fans those proud proud boys right wingers mega types got all mad when they realized that the show was making fun of them (laughs) (laughs) you mean in like real life yeah in real life and i'm just like have we not been watching the same show like you not paying attention so I thought that was kind of funny. It's like more in their face though now, yeah. I think. Like blatant. It's like, oh, you poor snowflakes. We'll find you a safe space. <laughs> yeah, Homelander, unhinged Homelander. When we first see him in the beginning, just completely detached. He's got that like ringing in his ear, just that kind of like, Burr. that was kind of scary just because he's so removed from everything. And then he kind of would snap out of it and then like lash out at like A-Train and make comments about, you know, that he's you know, useless now because mm. he can't fucking run and he's getting all pudgy and this and that and just being a fucking bully. So I thought that was kind of an interesting way to show him just being an asshole. Just yeah, going he a was, classic bully route. He was pretty hard on Adrian this season. Just like the little snide comments he'd make, make to him. He kind of seemed to like focus on certain people Mm a-train being one of them of course starlight trying to think who else i mean he did terrorize the deep by making them eat yeah (laughs) timothy and everything ashley he humiliated her yeah yep he just doesn't give any fucks anymore and i thought it was interesting when starlight goes to call him out and she's like she's like well we'll just release the video of the flight and he's like do it because at that point I will have nothing left to lose and calls her out on her bluff and she can't fucking do it. And it's now even more terrifying because he really does not give a shit. Do whatever you want. He's kind of slowly starting to prove that he'll have followers no matter no what. No matter what. Yeah. And we definitely see that by the end when he straight up like murders a guy in front of like his followers at like whatever rally or protest or whatever the fuck was going on. And then they cheered. Yeah. And that was really unsettling. Mm-hmm. And it, then little Ryan smiles. Cause he's just like, Oh, this is cool. Like, Ugh, yeah, that was both. also really unsettling. Like, Oh God. He's like a Homelander in the making. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Homelander. And then I thought it was kind of interesting too, when I was doing my rewatch, uh, after, Edgar's been kind of, quote, called out and removed from Vought. Him and Homelander have that kind of moment. Homelander's a little gloaty and everything, but I love that Edgar is still, like, unfazed and still kind of, like, in his own way, quits in an epic fashion by calling out Homelander. Like, 
you're going to need, he's like, you're going to be free to do whatever you want and you're going to miss that. And you're, no one's, you know, no one's going to be able to save you from yourself. And then he straight up says something about like, and then the world will see what a disappointment you are. Mm. So I thought that was interesting that they dropped it kind of earlier in the, in the season and then kind of brings it back around with Soldier Boy calling Homelander a fucking disappointment. Yeah, yeah, that is awful circle. That, yeah, that's a good call out. So, all right, well, let's talk about Soldier Boy, our <laughs> R-rated Jensen. And I just have to say, upon the second rewatch, I'm like, were we meant to hate Soldier Boy? Because if so, they should not have cast Jensen. Oh. <laughs> because I know that he's saying terrible, horrible things, but at the same time, I'm just, it's coming from such a pretty mouth. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, it just makes it that much easier to watch him be a terrible person. Yeah. And, like, he, he says terrible things to Huey. I mean, those are just kind of funny. But the misogyny, the racism, and it, I'm like, especially on the second rewatch, I'm like, I'm finding it harder and harder to hate Soldier Boy because he's stuck to the deal. He was all about making that deal with Butcher uh, to get Homelander, but first he had to get his former teammates. Mm. And when it came right down to it, he was in pri- he was primed and ready to take out Homelander in that last episode. That is true. And then he stopped. Well, Ryan's laser eyes laser eyes him, but then you know they're just like, no, you can't, you can't kill the kid or whatever. So you know Butcher goes back on his word. But Soldier Boy was gonna stick to the deal, <laughs> and I mean, in a way, you gotta kind of respect him for that. <laughs> Even though you know, I guess Homelander is his kid. Yeah, he. I mean, in that way, he does have some scruples. <laughs> it does. was kind of funny just to watch, like when he starts helping the crew, like helping Butcher and Huey, and he had this order that he needed barbiturates whiskey like some sort of burger but they had like a sauce that they called it was like a like like kind of not racist but um like choppy choppy sauce or Mm. something like that yeah you know something that that was like "Eh, it's that's like unacceptable these days you know Mm -hmm. what's the word i'm looking for um Oh, God. Uh, yeah, he says, I I'm not, I don't know what you're, but he says some pretty terrible things. And I can't remember, maybe it was that same line, but he has, he, Soldier Boy rattles off a bunch of like shit. And he was just like, oh, there's a lot to unpack yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, he's also kind it's of also a, funny. It's funny. And I don't want to say I give him a pass, but in a way, it's a past because he's a product of his generation and he's been um for lack of a better term he's been like frozen in time mm-hmm. so he comes back to this world where people are trying more to not be you know racist and saying things that might be um uh what's the word i'm looking for uh oh god i can't my brain i can't brain today <laughs> But just saying terrible things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like things that 
are could be offensive to a minority group or to somebody from a a country that's not the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, and coming from his mouth, knowing that he is of a time where shit like that was acceptable or people yeah. didn't say anything, I guess. Um, it's kind of funny in it, a way. It is. And it's like, you know, so, you know, Homelander can say terrible things and it's like, oh, you are by choice being a terrible person. Yeah. But it's like, you're right. Soldier Boy has been frozen for however many fucking years since like the 80s or yeah, something the, like that or the 70s. Early 80s is when that. The Nicar- Nicar- the stuff in the country happened. Nicaragua. <laughs> yep. The whole incident where he got taken away by the Russians. So I, it's kind of like if you froze Archie Bunker <laughs> and then dethought oh, God. Him. You know what I mean? <laughs> it would be, yeah. There's a, there'd be a lot There's of a like bit of a parallel deep there. breaths and like, okay, like. We you, don't say that anymore. Yeah. Like you haven't been around to witness these changes and why we've made these changes and this and that. So it, there is a little bit of like a like a small pass, not a full all access pass, but just like all right, it's like that basic level of admission. And I think, <laughs> and I think maybe I'm just saying this too because it is Jensen Ackles because mm-hmm. I love him, um, and he does he plays Soldier Boy so well and encapsulates like. Like you said, like the little facial movements, just like how maybe his insults come out. It, it's funny. It's mm-hmm. just funny. It is. And I think maybe a little bit of that is now we are seeing an R-rated Jensen, you know, and not a CW Jensen. So it's like, he, he said fuck. Yeah. He, he called Huey a cum guzzler. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It's, yeah, it's just kind of fun to watch. It, yeah, it really is. So I I couldn't help but really think about that during this last rewatch. Like, why am I being so forgiving of a terrible character? Is it because it's being played by one of the most beautiful humans on the planet? <laughs> Probably. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm right there with you. So, yeah, I think, you know, because... Leading up to this season, there was all the hype that Jensen was joining the cast and he was playing Soldier Boy and all this stuff with Soldier Boy's a terrible person. But, I mean, I he could have been worse. He could have been way worse. Well, he was way worse to his crew back yeah, in the day. Like, that is true. The, um, noir flashbacks and, like, beating the shit out of his own crew members and, like trying to keep them down when they were trying to like you know get into shows mm-hmm. or you know kind of stretch their wings in like oh, yeah. different directions and he would like beat them up and use intimidation but seeing then that whole scene because it was cartoon and kind of cute <laughs> it was given to us a little gent- more gently yeah he did pretty horrible he like did terrible shit Uh, to Noir in that scene and yeah the whole team of payback being intimidated and and frightened so it's I I get you know that is showing again that the bad side of Soldier Boy but you made him a cute eagle (laughs) (laughs) I mean even his own team didn't like him Um, like Crimson Countess Mm -hmm. 
she, you know, she hated him. Yep. Like, she admitted to that um, in one of the episodes. And, like, even his own team didn't like him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they planned the whole thing to have him be taken off by the Russians. So... Uh, and then, yeah, Crimson Countess and her songs. <laughs> Chimps don't cry. <laughs> and they can't physically cry, so. <laughs> but I'm like, that is that is an interesting choice of song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. She, yeah. Yeah. She was an interesting character. Yeah. Yeah. And then, let's see. So, and then a couple of the other members of Payback was Gunpowder, played by Sean Patrick Flannery, Flannery, who was a boondock saint. Oh. And and I've seen his butt in a deleted scene from the boondock saints. Him and Norman's butt. Um, Yes. It's very nice. On a scale of one to ten. Oh, a solid eight. Oh, nice. Solid eight. Tight. that. So. (laughs) (laughs) Nice bread box. Yeah. (laughs) So. I, I thought that whole kind of how we're introduced to, to like, present-day gunpowder at, like, that gun rally, very, like, mega feel to it. Mm-hmm. Butcher goes in, and he sets off the little alarm, so they're, like, you know, so he pulls out his guns or whatever, and they're just, like, oh, nice, have fun. <laughs> uh. So, and that's really all we get with gunpowder. I mean, there's some... You know, they tell some stories or allude to shit between Gunpowder and Homelander from, like, back in the day. But we really don't see that. We just see a young Gunpowder in Nicaragua. Yes. (laughs) I got close. You did. And you get that sense of, like, kind of hero worship. He's just like, yeah. Um, Yeah, I did get that. And then, mm-hmm. and then the twins, the hosts of Herogasm. <laughs> Herogasm, oh my god. So what were your thoughts on Herogasm? Well, first of all, it cracked me up that Frenchie was super bummed oh, that he missed it. Everyone, I loved how everyone was like, oh, Frenchie's going to be Frenchie. so sad. <laughs> yeah, like everyone just, so that cracked me up. Um, that was interesting. <laughs> Uh, that yeah, there was a lot of nudity, a lot of butts, a lot of boobs. Yeah, a lot of butts and boobs. Um, a fire wiener. A poor MM. He was just getting <laughs> it from every direction at first. Um, Literally. <laughs> yeah, I think I think what really tapped it for me is he opened the door, mm-hmm. and I can't remember what was said, but it was to the effect that. A guy was going to ejaculate, or many guys maybe were ejaculating, and he just got covered in ejaculate jizz. Yep. <laughs> um, it was. I know. I wrote it down. I fucking know. I wrote that was it. like. That's when I was like, "Oh God!" Oh, that was so <laughs> like a physical reaction. Like poor guy. Yeah, because first there was like another shrinky, growy person, like an Ant Man type that. Popped out of a vagina, and so it was covered in vagina goo and bumped into M.M.'s shoulder. Oh, yeah, shoulder and got on his jacket. And his, his, his favorite jacket. And I think it was something like, lick it up, brown bear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, no, someone's just like, he is a, or yeah, someone called him a brown bear. And my note simply was, he is a yummy brown bear. But I noticed, too, that M.M. used the phrase sex workers 
when him and Starlight are walking through Herogasm earlier in the season when Stan Edgar was talking to Bob Singer about wanting to get out of the soup business Mm -hmm. and, you know, dealing with, you know, basically brats and dead prostitutes. So Ah. I'm like, okay. So they got M.M. using it, but they still had... So I'm like, that was clearly, like, a choice of the writers to have these characters use these two different Mm -hmm. terms. So I just thought that was kind of... Just kind of shows that I think MM is a little bit more enlightened. Yeah. Like he tries. Yes. He definitely tries. Like he's just trying to be a good person, mm-hmm. you know, for his daughter and avenge his family. And... Yeah. Yeah. So Herogasm was pretty hyped up, and some folks felt that it was overhyped with what we were actually given. Mm-hmm. And and I can and I can agree to that because there was just a lot of hype around it. In rewatching it, I'm wondering if it wasn't just the fact that they were like attempting to do. They were just gonna here's Herogasm, so the comic book fans know it's coming. <laughs> Gross. Uh, <laughs> really, Jen? And then yeah, <laughs> I'm not above that at all. <laughs> and then, but also in that same episode, we get kind of the first showdown with Soldier Boy and Homelander and Butcher and eventually Huey. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh, could this also be part of Herogasm? Not in the sense of what Herogasm is in the show and in the comic books, but like more for the fans. Like, oh, <laughs> oh my God, big battle. Oh. Um, And then also ends unsatisfyingly. <laughs> <laughs> that is a really good call out. So I, that was, it just kind of, like I said, came to mind when I was watching it, but love sausage, love sausage, <laughs> love love sausage, and he was like, "You seem familiar," and it's like because he was in last season, yeah. And, and uh, but I loved I loved Starlight and MM trying to get into into herogasm because you know love sausage sausage to MM's like you're not a you're not a soup you don't have powers. And Starlet's like, oh, he's really good at cunnilingus. Yeah. And then he just mouths that. That oh yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I started laughing so hard. Like, just coming from Starlight. Like, yum, 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 yum. Just going at the vagina. Yum, 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 yum. Oh, it was hilarious. And, and then his like the appendage. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> get that thing out of my face right now. <laughs> M.M. says, oh, my God. I'm glad to see that uh, Love Sausage survived the mm-hmm. explosion at Herogasm. Mm-hmm. Sorry. And his appendage. And his appendage, yeah. yeah. That was that was a highlight for me. It was. So that leaves room for Love Sausage to return next season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Herogasm was a fun and interesting episode. And, yeah, and then we see, like, the dynamite twins that are just useless now. They don't have any powers and Yeah, and matter. they're, like, squabbling between themselves. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I get it, like, siblings, but. Well, because, like, the sister busted the brother. For putting a cam, like, a mini camera in the toilet, mm-hmm. which, how more gross can you be? Exactly. But I love that, like, it was without everyone's consent. And that's why yes. she was going to call it out. Because it's like, they clearly are going to do whatever kinky, sex, horny, turn-on thing <laughs> they're going to do at Herogasm. But it has but to be with consent. Exactly. So yeah. That is I thought that was very, very interesting. Good call out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that 
kind of, I think we've touched on everything that's on the outline here. So we'll go ahead and start with the wrapping it up portion. So for this one, we'll, okay, so season four has started production. Is there anything, I, I have zero theories. I have no idea at this point what this show is going to throw at us hmm. uh, on any given episode. Um, but I am, because I think, oh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan has been cast. What? So. That's interesting. Is Jensen Ackles? I think he Back? is. I think he is going to, because he doesn't die. They freeze him again. And yeah. I feel like for them to have just brought him in for this one season would be a total waste. So I think by not killing him off, I think that definitely leaves room for Soldier Boy to come back, but not sure in what capacity. Maybe we'll see a more terrible side of Soldier Boy where it'll be a little harder to, huh. or not as hard to hate him. But I don't know. But I think it's interesting because Eric Kripke, who's the showrunner, he was also the showrunner on Supernatural. The actor that plays Bob Singer that's running for president, played by Jim Beaver, his character in Supernatural was Bobby Singer, and he was kind of like the father figure to the Winchester boys for a while, uh, kind of with the hunting and whatnots. And Jeffrey Dean Morgan played Big dad. Daddy Winchester. Yeah. So. Huh, that's interesting. I kind of think it would be really funny if they cast Jeffrey Dean Morgan as just like a one-off kind of character. He appears in an episode and then dies. <laughs> I think that would be hilarious. I love him and I'd love to see him, but I think that would just be really funny. Did they say like what character or like any, mm -mm. what he would be doing? No? Mm -mm. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I also don't have any theories about season four. Mm-hmm. We're left knowing that Soldier Boy, he's been re-frozen or whatever, um, not in Russia, but in yeah. some sort of, you know, tank. Yep. With uh, Mallory. So she, with he's, Mallory. he's within the U.S. government's clutches. Yes. It's Starlight has joined the boys and Butcher boys. is sick. Do you think we'll see more Ryan next season? Do you think Ryan will still be a little Homelander Jr.? Or will he make the choice not to suck next season? <laughs> well, I feel like the way they kind of left it was that, and I haven't looked to see like who's in next mm -hmm. season or anything like that, but it seemed like the way they left it is that he's going to be under Homelander's wing and kind of follow Homelander. Mm-hmm. And maybe turn into a baddie. Maybe have more more scenes, more things going on. Maybe. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. It's hard to say because I didn't expect any of what we got this season. And I was very happy with this season. I loved this season. So I kind of don't want to theorize and want to leave it and not like read a lot of theories mm. and just kind of leave it as a blank slate so I can be disgustedly surprised next season. I like that idea too. Yeah. So I think that's, but yeah, I'd love to see more Jensen and just kind of see some of the arcs that have started with these characters to continue to grow and maybe Huey be more comfortable with his non-soup having powers and his super soup girlfriend and I have to say, so in that final scene when Starlight joins the boys, she's wearing like one of those kind of like crocheted tops, you know, with the, yeah. and I was like, are those back? Because <laughs> I might have to go dig through some bags. <laughs> so, but I'm excited for season four. I can't wait. And 
it's going to be a wild fucking ride no matter what route plot lines they give us. So I mean, the seasons just seem to be getting better. I mean, the writing's always fantastic. Mm-hmm. The graphics are just cringe-inducing mm-hmm. and excellent. Um, so, I mean, they've set the bar very high for themselves, and they're kind you know, that's the, I mean, from a, fa- being a fan, they kind of have to keep, you know. Oh, yeah. They have to, like, meet the bar or surpass the bar. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of a victim of their own awesomeness. Yeah. But <laughs> I'm excited to see, see what happens, and mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So as we kind of move towards, like, the stray bubbles, last chance to bring anything up, any scenes or anything, anything that you wanted to bring up that you didn't get to? Uh, are you going to shorten up this long pause? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> the song for, it was one of the the um, soups that were going to be Brought into the seven. Yes. Baby, 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 got your lessons to drive. (laughs) Got your lessons to drive me crazy. (laughs) That was stuck in my head for like a day. Oh, I'm so sorry. That song is terrible. What is the soup's name? His name was Alex, and he was friends with Starlight from like back in the day, and his super, super sonic. Super sonic, that's right. Yeah. That was unfortunate what happened to Super Yeah, I I also did not see that coming and yeah, Yeah. I just there was, I feel like there wasn't really a need for him to die. Like it didn't further the storyline it just kind of more cemented the fact that Homelander is a psychotic Mm -hmm. murderer. Yep. Um, Pretty much. That that was his only true role. That and then you know, because Alex died because Alex tried to recruit A-Train to then, Team Starlight. Yeah, and A-Train snitched. That's when he, yep, snitched. So, yeah, that was kind of, like, you, you knew Alex wasn't going to see the end of the season, but I wasn't expecting it right then with his, like, blown up face or whatever. Yeah. So that was, that sucked for Starlight. I felt bad for her. But, you know... Bless her Midwest heart for wanting to stay good and hopeful and and everything. So, (laughs) love her. So, a few things that I've got. I'm going to be flipping through my notes here. So, the season opens, first episode opens with like a preview or a clip from Vought's movie, The Dawn of the Seven. Where they rework the edit in where Homelander stands up to Stormfront. And movie Stormfront is played by Charlize Theron. Which I was like, what? Yeah, that was that was a little bit of a shocker. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I could write. I could go on about all the different like funny lines and everything that I wrote down. Do you have a favorite? Oh God, there were so many. I mean, metric Belushi of Coke when they referred to how much <laughs> cocaine the little tiny guy. Yeah. And I was like that, and they're like, um, respectfully speaking. <laughs> <laughs> and then when. When Maeve calls, says to Huey that he should just wear a shirt that says Rog Dog Raw Dog Me. Raw I'm Dog a, Me. I'm a bottom. <laughs> like Jesus, Maeve. She was having a bad day anyways. She was having a very bad day. Soldier Boys Solid Gold number, um, singing Rapture, which did get oh, a, God, some love right. from Blondie and Debbie Harry in real life. 
Oh, I loved when M.M. rejoins the boys and him and Frenchie actually have a nice reunion. They talk a little shit and then they hug versus when they were first reunited in season one and they just were so ready to fucking kill each other. Yeah. I love how M.M., like, he's a little bit anal about cleaning. Yes. And Frenchie's, like, eating, like, a baguette or, like, Mm -hmm. a donut or something (laughs) and... And I was like, geez, you haven't even been here like three minutes. And it's like, use a plate. And um, Frenchie's like, I didn't use a plate with your mom when I was eating her sweet and savory vagine. <laughs> and then they both just crack up laughing. Yep. Oh, yeah. I love them. I, I So I loved seeing that. And then uh, I have to say, oh, so we're introduced to little Nina. And so she is a character oh, from yeah, the yeah. comic books. And she gets away scot-free. But I was a little disappointed in Little Nina this season, so maybe they'll bring her back and she'll be scarier. But um, that she got away, well, just kind of her her part in this season. Like I get that we had to get to Russia so that mm-hmm. they get get to uh, Soldier Boy and everything, and then she comes back and like does the whole like kidnap Frenchie and is trying to get Frenchie to all that stuff. So I I don't know. We'll see. But, uh, cause like in the comics, little Lena is short. So I was kind of hoping for like a oh. more petite woman or okay. something and gotcha. still very scary and intimidating. Yeah. She was still very scary and intimidating. Um, oh yeah. And then when they're breaking into the Russian warehouse or factory or laboratory to get to soldier boy and MM's going around knocking out <laughs> the guards and he's yelling out like, 80s Russian movies or movies where we're going against the Russians. So he's like, Red Dawn, motherfucker. Rocky Four, motherfucker. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't even pick up on that. That's great. Another cute little thing with Kimiko is after Huey first teleports and is naked because he saves, because it happens in that same scene, she covers her eyes. Yes. <laughs> it was so fucking cute. And... Okay, so Huey teleports and Butcher gets laser eyes. What do you think, like, M.M. and Frenchie's superpowers would be? Hmm. I mean, it literally could be anything. Yeah. And so I just thought it was kind of interesting that it, it just the randomness of it. Like, you don't really know when you're taking the temp V, right? Mm-mm. Yeah. What's going to come out. Yeah, so, yeah, Butcher is... Uh, in like he's got invulnerable or vulnerability no invulnerability <laughs> and laser eyes and strength and Huey has teleportation and then I also would assume super strength mm-hmm. oh yes because he does punch a train like really hard and a train's like how did you do that not knowing that did he heal got... fast too or something well he did have that broken arm because he asked Kimiko to break his arm and that whole scenario was hilarious um and then that but that did heal because that he used had used what his his broken arm to punch through the russian guy yeah oh yes and paul riser as the legend oh yes how can we forget about paul riser my god i love that fun to see like the little pop-ins of actors like charlie is paul riser seth rogan oh my Um, god seth rogan (laughs) (laughs) that whole thing with crimson countess oh man (laughs) Yes, thank you for bringing that up. Um, yeah, and I loved the legend. So I I love Paul Reiser, and especially coming off of Stranger Things, where he's like a nice, like a really nice guy, and him just kind of being a very vulgar, crass, the legend. 
and my favorite line is, what, that's gay now? Fuck you, who cares? What's the difference? <laughs> <laughs> so just hearing one of my two dads say that was just kind of a trip. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of fun to see him in like a little bit of a, like a cringy, yeah, he was just kind of, he was kind of cringy. Yeah. At points, and I've never seen him in a role like that. He's, yeah, he's always played like the vanilla dad. Yeah. Or like the, van, you know, the nice guy. So it was fun to see him in that. And then him just always talking about, like, all the people that he banged, like, back in the day. Mm-hmm. Just, like, <laughs> name dropping every time, like, everywhere. Marlon Brando? Yeah. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Oh, and Both then we- the Lonnie's? Yeah. <laughs> oh, and then Soldier Boy is into older or- women. Oh, God. Yeah. You know, like, they're like, clean- like a fine wine, <laughs> but they dry out. <laughs> oh, God. That was... Yeah, that was something. Oh, and then Annie and Kimiko have a nice little moment where Kimiko has her first, you know, and Kimiko's deciding to take the V again. So she's got the big old bottle of Kirkland whiskey. Good on her. I love love when Starlight's like, oh, Kirkland whiskey. Fine choice. (laughs) And then she chugs it, and she's like, you know, and Kimiko's like, surprise. And she's like, oh, when you grow up in Iowa, there isn't much to do. There isn't much to do. And I was like, I can't even tell you how many times I have said that in my life. And it was, it's so fucking true. So I laughed. I really appreciated that scene. I I thought of you when she said that, too. And I was like, you know, that's kind of similar with Wisconsin. (laughs) Yeah. I think my note is, Annie with the Iowa chug on the Kirkland whiskey. (laughs) Yeah, that was a great, that was a great moment. That was a great scene. There's a quick shout out to Long John Silvers, which I didn't realize they were, there were any Long John Silvers left. I missed that one. What is that about? It, some, they just ate, they picked up food from Long John Silvers or something. Oh. It was one of the only places that was open. So it's not like they went there, but it just, someone name dropped it. And I was like, oh, the hush puppies. But I, uh, I almost forgot about Long John Silver's, the fast food, seafood place. Me too. I which are not words that should be combined. No. <laughs> and that's probably why they're not around anymore. Well, that I know of. But... Yeah. Outside of the boys' universe. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's pretty much going to be about it. I'm glad you brought up, um, who you brought up, shit. <laughs> Crimson Countess and um, her sex, her... Uh, oh, Seth Rogen, yeah, yeah. Her chat room. Yep. And, yeah, the beads that she mm-hmm. warmed up under the candles. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, all right. So, on to the next little bit. The Six Degrees of Nicolas Cage. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The boys. So... We, uh, I told you, you could use any actor from the first two seasons. It did not have to be anyone specific to season three. Right, right. So, this is where we get to a Nick flick in Six Steps or Less. Okay, so, bear with me. Yes, ma'am. I will admit, I had a little bit of a hard time with this one on this time around. Okay, so, Carl Urban is in the movie Red with Helen Mirren. Okay. You, did you do Carl Urban too? Um, just you go ahead and finish. Okay. <laughs> um, Helen Mirren was in National Treasure Book of Secrets, who was with Ed Harris. Ed Harris was in The Rock, who um Wait, also... did you say National Treasure? National Treasure Book of Secrets. Yeah. So Nick Cage is in that one. So you can stop there. Oh, okay. 
Good job. Thanks. <laughs> So I have three, and my first one is with Carl Urban. Okay. And it is the movie Red, where he plays the character William Cooper. Yeah. But I did not use Helen Mirren, because another actor that appears in that movie is Joe Trust, and we know him from Stranger Things. He is, um, oh, he's the dad that's always yelling at every, uh, every all the kids. Is he Mike's dad? Yes. Mike, okay. Yes, yeah, Mike yeah, and yeah. Nancy's dad. Language. Um, but he's in red as retirement home detective, but he was also in the movie Drive Angry with Nicolas Cage, and his character is simply listed as fucking passenger. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Okay. So then, I really wanted to do Jack Quaid and Jensen, so here's what I have. So for Jack Quaid... He plays Boimler on Lower Decks, which mm-hmm. is my new favorite fucking show. I told you you would like it. Oh, my God. I told you. I can't stop. Yes. So he's in that with Eugene Cordero, who plays, who does the voice oh, of Rutherford. Oh, I love Eugene I, Cordero. I love him do so you ever, fucking much. Do you ever watch Tacoma FD? So Eugene does play Andy Mawani in Tacoma FD, another I show, show I absolutely love, uh, with Susie Nakamura, who plays Linda Price. Susie Nakamura is in the show Avenue 5, as which is also a very, very funny show. There's only one season of it, and it's been a victim of COVID. Because, like, after the season ended, that's when COVID, the quarantines went into effect. Okay. So, even when the show ended, it hadn't been renewed yet, I don't think. Okay. But I think since, I think recently they've announced that they are going to do another season, but I think it might be the last season. But it's hilarious. Where it's got you... Hugh Laurie, Laurie uh, HBO. Oh, okay. And Josh Gad is in it. Oh, that okay. I know which one and you're talking And they're like about. in space. Yeah, and, yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Okay. So, but she plays the character Iris Kimura. And in the show Avenue 5, uh, Zach Woods is in it. And folks would know him from The Office. He played, who's the really creepy, like in the later seasons, he was really kind of creepy. See the tall guy? Yeah. Yeah. Dark hair. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, his character is Matt Spencer in Avenue 5, and he was in the show Bored to Death with Jason Jason Schwartzman, who mm-hmm. was a cousin of Nicolas Cage. So I didn't get to a Cage flick, but I still got to Nicolas Cage through Bloodline. Jason Schwartzman and Nick Cage are cousins mm-hmm. in real life? Mm-hmm. Oh, I did yeah. not know that. He is a member of the Coppola family. I will have to tell you that, um, so I was talking to Ryan about Ryan didn't know what six degrees of, like, Kevin Bacon were or, like, Nick Cage. So I was explaining it to him. And he's like, well, you (laughs) could use Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers recently dressed up as the Nick Cage character from Con Air. And I was like, that's not bad, but, you know, like, you know, whatever. So we were kind of having fun with that. We went down a rabbit hole of, like, what else has Aaron Rodgers been in and so he's hosted jeopardy Um, he has not been on saturday night live but pete davidson had played aaron Rodgers on a skit on saturday night live (laughs) so yeah we were just we went down this rabbit hole it was kind of it was kind of fun oh that's hilarious you know i'm realizing that i thought the whole six degrees of you know kevin bacon or the whole concept the whole game of six degrees was more well known but of kind of encountering more people that don't know what that is. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, I need to get out of my little bubble and be like, okay. Educate the public. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So then I did do Jensen. Oh, I wish I could do Jensen. 
Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, man, that was a spit take. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, so he was in the, uh, he voices Batman in The Long Halloween. And also in that is an actor called uh, Greg Chen. And he does the voice of Mickey Chen in The Long Halloween. Greg does a voice uh, of the deodorant commercial narrator in the movie Chippendales Rescue Rangers, which is surprisingly amazing. I really did not expect to love that movie as much as I did. It's this newer movie. It's on Disney. Okay. I was... I love Chippendales. I love the Rescue Rangers. Oh, fuck yeah. So I was... I was like, I did not expect to like the movie as much as I ended up liking it. Um, but in that movie is uh, John Mulaney, who does the voice of Chip. And he is the voice of Spider-Pig in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse with Nicolas Cage. Oh. So. Okay. There we go. There we go. There we go. All right. Well, we still have a few more minutes in our Midwest goodbye. So what's been streaming in <laughs> your bubble? <laughs> um, so I started watching House of the Dragon. I think we kind of talked about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I am... Liking it, however, it's moving a little slow for me. I understand that they're they're building the storyline, they're building the characters, like you know, yada yada yada. So I've been watching that, and that is also kind of inspired me. So I started rewatching Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. I'm at the end of season two. Nice. And this time around, knowing like what's going to happen, it's kind of just fun to con like it just you know not have to pay total attention but like watch the actors you know like what like taking the scenery kind of thing mm-hmm. and um so it's kind of been fun that way to watch it from just like maybe it's on in the background and yeah. i'm playing on my phone for a hot second yeah um and then i've also been watching brooklyn 99 before i go to bed at night and i fucking love that show so much Mm -hmm. i can't believe i've never like got into it before now the cast i absolutely adore like every single person on the cast um terry cruz will always be one of my favorite he's also a little bit of a heartthrob he's just so like muscular and Mm -hmm. hot and Mm -hmm. and just so quirky and funny and cute too at the same time like God, Terry's lo- yogurt and I everything I just love you so much um and then let's see I recently listened to a podcast called Run Bambi Run and that is about the Lorenzia Bambenic story mm-hmm. it's really well done so if you get a chance to ever listen to podcasts uh, I highly recommend it well, I hope so if they're listening or were you talking to me I was talking to you oh okay um I think there's like six episodes, six or seven episodes, but it's really well done. I'm convinced that she is innocent, mm. but she's she's dead now. Like she, yeah, she passed away. I think in like 2018, maybe. Okay. I'm trying to think what else I've been watching. Yeah, those are kind of the three big shows I've been watching. Okay, that's good. That's a nice yeah array. So. I, uh, right there with you with House of the Dragon and also rewatching Game of Thrones. So I had finished season two and then I had uh, pod prep. So I'm, it was kind of killing me <laughs> to watch the boys knowing that I was like, cause I've been really super into rewatching Game of Thrones 
And it might be one of the... You said you're at the end of season two? I had just finished season two. Okay, so we're kind of right on. Yep. Okay. So I've got to start. So I'll be like starting season three. But, and yeah, it's just been kind of a nice like in the background at night and kind of zoning in for certain things. And it's like I've rewatched it a couple of times, the entire series. So I I kind of like pay attention to the things where I'm like, like I'm familiar with the scene, I'm familiar with the episode and kind of what's going to happen. But I also knowing how the series ends, like where are the breadcrumbs kind of leading yeah. to some of this. Yeah, yeah. And in it, I'm like, I'm now seeing that Danny being unhinged has always been there and kind of that bratty entitlement. And I was like, wow, she really appropriated the shit out of uh, the Call Dragos and, you know, in his, what are they called again? Uh, I can't remember. Holy shit. I, when Dothraki. He, oh, oh, okay. Sorry. I didn't understand what you were getting at. But yeah, she, I was like, you know, uh, call Drago, Drago dies and every, most everyone, most of the Dothraki leaves, but she still rolls with the whole Dothraki way and culture, blood of my blood and, and everything. And I was like, you just clinging on to whatever the fuck you can. And then the way she kind of is bossy and demanding to get into Koth and mm. and everything. So it's like seeing all these tiny breadcrumbs of like, you know, it was always there that Danny is not like this kind hearted person that she's kind of a bitch and is like. Well, she's kind of entitled. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I think we. That's interesting. Yeah. And I was yeah, like, I don't yeah, think yeah. I really like honed in on that. Uh, in the first few rewatches, because it's like, you know, because Amelia Clark is so pretty and she has dragons. And, and you <laughs> feel, and I mean, you feel a little, so, like, at least yeah. I do, you feel a little sorry for her. Like, she's Absolutely. an orphan, basically. Well, and um, she does go around she and she fend for herself. Yeah, and she, she is freeing slave cities. Right. And she's trying to do her best with that. And it doesn't always work out the way she hopes and everything. So you do kind of. Maybe get more swept up into into those moments, mm-hmm. but uh, but yeah, I I do love the rewatch. I'm having a lot of fun with that. Um, so aside from that, because we did get access to the Paramount Plus, woohoo! So it's been a lot of Star Trek. So Timmy and I have been kind of casually making our way through Voyager, and sometimes I'll just put on Next Generation if I'm kind of buzzing around the house and the kids are around and there's no commercials. And then we just started season two of Lower Decks, <laughs> and that is my new favorite show. That show is so fucking funny. I might have to do a little mini bubble on it once I get all caught up with everything, because um, I just, I love it so fucking much. All the little references, all the jokes, the nods, the callbacks, the voices they get, uh, just all the voice, act- a lot of the voice actors from previous series and everything. It's just, it's fucking brilliant. And it makes me mad the rating it has on IMDb. I'm like, you guys are just whiny buttholes. What's the rating? It's it should be a lot higher. I think it's around seven. It should be like eight. Oh, it's a fantastic show. I love um, it. It's so funny. Cordon is also on that one. Maybe yeah. you mentioned that he's a voice on that one too. Yeah. Oh, I love him so much. And I love, you know, and Jack Quaid doing the voice of Boimler and kind of being that high-strung type character. I feel, as I've gotten older, I feel fit. more <laughs> relatable to these high, to the more high-strung characters. Hmm. And uh, I have a soft spot for him. I'm like, oh, I get it. 
So I, oh my God, I just, I love it yeah, so fucking it's so much. Great. I'm um, glad you're watching it. I'm glad you really like it. So, and then uh, I'll have pod prep coming up. So be watching a bunch of, watching the Harley Quinn animated series and a bunch of other stuff. Have you Harley watched Queen. that one already? Oh yeah. How is that one? Oh, it's so fucking good. Is that the one that's on HBO? Yeah. Okay. I'll have to watch that. Oh yeah. it It's hilarious. I love it. Okay. I love it so much. And then in the uh, Ellen Tudyk does the voice of Joker. I love Ellen Tudyk. I know. Tudyk. <laughs> Sorry, that was super immature. Yeah. So that's pretty much what's been what we've been watching lately. Awesome. Yeah. Been digging it. All right. Well, I think we're done. <laughs> On that note. And on that note. Uh, so thank you, Jill, for joining me today down in the pod basement to talk about the boys. It was great. I loved it. Thanks so. for having me. Absolutely. Almost any time. With proper <laughs> notice. <laughs> Let's make sure you're wearing pants or something that's pr- pants appropriate. Pants appropriate. Like those, like the ad that I saw that it's like shorts and then like denim shorts and then like Mm-mm. the denim basically leg warmers. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. That was a... Um, that hurt my eyeballs just looking at that. Like I said, it was like somebody got scissor happy on mushrooms, and that was their creation. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the fashion. You know, the internet has been great, but also not great <laughs> to allow people to create things and post whatever the fuck they want. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways. Thank you listening. Mm-mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-mm. Thank you for listening, Bubblies. And keep streaming. Bye. Bye. If you're enjoying this podcast, be sure to let me know by rating and reviewing wherever you get your podcast fix. Follow me on Twitter at Streaming Bubble. Find me on Facebook and Instagram as My Streaming Bubble. Have thoughts, suggestions, questions, or want to be tolerated? Email me at MyStreamingBubble at gmail.com. If you want to show your love and support for this little old podcast in monetary form, Search My Streaming Bubble over at buymeacoffee.com and buy me a cheese wedge. And if you want to take that love and support to the next level, head over to Redbubble where you can find and purchase My Streaming Bubble merch. All monetary support goes right back into this podcast from new recording equipment to night cheese. Thanks for your support and keep streaming. Baby, 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 got your lessons to drive. (laughs) Got your lessons to drive me crazy. crazy.